Hi, Sexy. Thanks for checking this out. We are so excited to get to know you. Your story is being uploaded right now. I know you're going to love it. But before we get started, do me a favor and write down this code. It's EROTIC50, E-R-O-T-I-C-5-0. What's that about? Well, it's your key to unlock 50% off and free shipping on adamandeve.com. Man, are they generous. Just enter EROTIC50 at the checkout and there you go. This big discount on almost any item in their sex emporium. Oh, and a little hit? Some of the toys go so good with the stories you're about to hear. Enjoy! A few years ago, I was on a trip to Greenville. It was early spring, and I had to go on this trip for business. I remember complaining about it, but the funny thing was that it wasn't a difficult trip, or long. The meetings I'd scheduled weren't anything unusual to me, and the people I was meeting I'd met before. Anyway, I don't remember what it was that made me dread going down there that week, but I do remember one particular event vividly. My company had me stay at the Marriott downtown. It was somewhat of a modern building with an almost industrial feel to it. The lobby was split into several different levels with an enormously high ceiling, seven stories high in fact. They were doing construction at the time. The funny thing was, the interior design included lots of areas along the wall that looked like scaffolding, so that the actual construction scaffolding barely stood out from the regular decor. As I was checking in, I noticed two glass elevators running on opposite ends of the lobby. You could see everyone in them as they went up the seven stories and back down again. Nothing obstructed your view. Nothing. And I noticed how the people in each elevator could look across the lobby and see one another. The men and women in the north elevator could see the people in the south elevator. Anyway, I thought it was kind of a strange thing for whatever reason. But that day, I went out to my meetings and came back along the main street and stopped in a cafe around lunch. I can't even remember the name of the place, but you had to go downstairs to get to it. When I went in, I got a coffee and a roll and looked around at the place. It was packed. But not only was it packed, it was packed with men. Everywhere I looked. Men. They were all dressed in suits, and they all seemed to be aware of me as I found one of the only open tables in the place. For a second, I thought it might be a gay cafe, but none of the men seemed gay. Instead, it felt more like I'd stumbled into an old-school men's business club, all leather, reds, and low light. Men in suits, talking business. When I sat down, I tried to get online, but didn't have the password, so I turned to the table behind me and asked the men if they knew what it was. The man facing me was in his late thirties, blonde, boyish in a grown-up way, if that makes sense, and he was exquisitely dressed in a lavender shirt with French cuffs. His cufflinks were pewter. As he told me the password, he gestured with his hands, and I noticed that the gray of the cufflinks were the same color as his eyes. I went back to my work and listened to the conversation behind me. They were talking about women. The blonde was talking about how he wished he knew of a woman who was feminine and gentle, but able to stand her ground and assert herself at the same time in conversation, in business, in bed. He went on to say that he wanted a woman who was strong enough to willingly relinquish control to him, knowing in her mind and in her heart that she still had power, but retained this power by letting go of it, willingly. I was fascinated. He was talking like he had just read my journal. That's what I wanted of myself. 
I wanted to be able to have that kind of self-mastery, to feel comfortable enough to give a man control and then take the control back if I wanted to. I was lost in thought when the blonde passed my table to leave. He paused for a moment next to my table, with his back to me, and I thought he was going to turn to say something, but he didn't. Instead, he dropped his hand onto the tabletop and knocked on it twice before he finally walked away. That evening, I decided to just have supper at the hotel restaurant. I sat there watching the people around me and listening to the massive echo of that cavernous space. The elevators made their way up and down, and I watched their hypnotic movements as I ate. I couldn't stop thinking about that strange moment in the cafe that afternoon. Why had the blonde hesitated at my table? I remembered the polished look of his hands as he knocked twice. Such a strange thing to do. And just then I looked up and saw him sitting with a woman at the table diagonally across from me. She was dark-headed with shoulder-length hair, and they sat close, so I figured it had to be his wife. Naturally, I watched for a while as I waited for my check, and noticed that he seemed slightly distracted. His eyes followed the elevators down and down until his gaze met mine. And then he smiled. A little panicked by this, I looked away quickly, left a tip, and got up to leave. As I walked to the elevator, I realized that maybe he'd wanted to say something to me in the cafe. But what? He seemed attached. And what was all that conversation about the strong woman relinquishing power? I was the only person on the elevator. As it began to climb its way up to the seventh floor, I looked across the lobby and noticed that the blonde and his girlfriend were on the elevator opposite me. The woman's back was to the glass, and he was facing her and looking out across the lobby at me. We made eye contact, and he smiled mischievously at me. I watched him from above as he whispered something to the woman, and then he dropped to the floor in front of her. I couldn't believe what I was seeing, what everyone was surely seeing. He lifted her skirt and buried his head between her legs. The woman's head was flush against the glass and her hands seemed to be on his head, holding him there, pleasuring her. She lifted one leg and put it over his shoulder and he continued. My elevator stopped at the fifth floor. The doors opened but no one was there, so I waited and watched as the other elevator made its way past me to the sixth floor and stopped. I was looking up at them now. Just as suddenly as he had dropped to his knees, he stood again in front of her and peered down at me, looking up at them. He whispered something else, and the woman dropped to her knees, fumbled with his pants, and buried her face in his crotch. Her head moved back and forth, and the whole time he held his gaze. I couldn't look away. I couldn't move. I was absolutely transfixed by him his lovely gray eyes going half-mast as he began to climax. It all happened so quickly. It seemed like the entire hotel lobby would be watching, but when I was finally able to look away, I realized that the place was nearly empty. I looked back up at them. He was leaning on the railing inside his elevator, leaning over the woman and his eyes were completely closed. I watched him gyrate against her as his jaw dropped open in sheer pleasure. When he stopped, 
He slowly and languidly opened his eyes, looked back down at me, and pressed his lips against the glass. From that day forward, I knew exactly what it meant to have control and to give it. Wow, how is that? So hot, so fun. You know what's also hot and fun? Ordering something from adamandeve.com. They're so generous with us in bringing these stories to you, but also helping you out with 50% off almost any item on their site and giving you free shipping. Just enter offer code EROTIC50 at checkout on almost any single item, and you'll see the price go down by half. And shipping is for free. Amazing! Erotic50 is the code. So don't stop listening to these stories. We love you. I'll be waiting.